0: popcorn is on me Hello welcome to meet me at the movies I thought I was ready uh, yeah I'm ready welcome hope you guys are doing well Noel T Manning the second here we're going talk movies right here on C19 TV and wgwg.org uh, Noel Thomas Manning the third That's Thomas Manning. Uh, to those of you who know him as T-Cube over there, uh, glad to have you, Mr. Hollywood.
1: Man, uh, nowhere else I'd rather be right now. That's so, exactly yeah, right. Yep. I
0: mean, why? You know, exactly. why? And, and Greg Tillman, uh, I think, back there on uh, Mission Control, he was going to try to talk to us, but he still hasn't got his vocal cords. He's, he's kind of like that robot on Finch that's still trying to discover how to speak. Uh, he's he's in that early, early stages of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, to, to be Perfectly fair. He's been like that for about 50 years now, so
0: it's all right. Slow and steady, slow and steady. Slow and steady, slow and steady. Well, we do appreciate you spending time with us as we talk cinema. We've got a lot to try to cover, uh, including a couple of movies with some Western themes, uh, a sci-fi film that's also got kind of some Western-esque themes uh, in it. And also, we're going to go to Soho for the very last night. We're going to do all that and... We've got non-viewer mail up top. Non-viewer mail, uh, this uh, came to us uh, after last week. You know, we did the, uh, the Stones, Pebbles, and Granite special, looking at rocks and, and things relating to rocks. So we've got non-viewer mail from Chester, Chester from Chesney. I, I guess he's watching us online. Chester from Chesney uh, said that we missed a few films, which, of course, we did. We, we, we can't hit everything or every filmmaker uh, that's connected to stones, pebbles, and granites. But, 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 he said, here's five that we should have talked about. So here we go. Uh, number one, Sharon Stone. We should have talked about Sharon Stone about and, and movies related to Sharon Stone. I'll, I'll say, okay, that was good. The Rock, the which was one, to me, The Rock with Nicolas Cage. We should have just because Nicolas Cage was there. That.
1: That's fair. That's fair. I mean, anytime you can find a way to mention Nicolas Cage in your show, you take the opportunity. I think we missed that one. So we missed that, that is a good call on that good, one. good call
0: on that so, one. Yeah. Also, the Rocky film series, mm-hmm. which... We had, we had talked about, but we weeded that one out, and we said yeah. we, we would come back. But the, yeah. the Rocky film but series.
1: We did talk about uh, Sylvester Stallone and Cliffhanger, though. Exactly. So, and
0: that yeah. would have been too much Stallone, I think, for, for one, one show. I think
1: so. But yeah, he's a little bit overwhelming anyway, so
0: <laughs> I didn't want to get
1: too uh, too overwhelmed with yeah, the Stallone and, and, power. And
0: the last one, the movie is called Stone from 2010. Have you heard about this movie? I don't know that I have. Yeah. U.S. crime thriller starring De Niro... Edward Norton, and Mia Javovich. Javovich.
1: Well, considering it has that talent and I've never heard of it, that yeah. must mean it's probably not a
0: good movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so thank you to Chester from Chesney for giving us some lost stones for the uh, stone special that we did not capture last week. We appreciate that. Uh, last Night in Soho is a film uh, that is not from the non-viewer mail, but this is a movie that uh, the Thomas, uh, man, Edgar Wright. We love this guy, Edgar Wright.
1: Yeah, pound for pound, Edgar Wright might be like my personal favorite filmmaker over the past 20 years. Uh, since Shaun of the Dead in 2003, and then you got Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, you got Baby Driver, and then he's uh, done a few documentaries. He did the Sparks Brothers documentary yes. earlier this year, which we talked about on the show, and you and I both love that one a lot. And uh, now this, here he is uh, going into some the horror atmosphere of things, and this is definitely... different Edgar Wright film than uh, what we're used to, but it still has some of his, it still has certain staples of his, but it definitely isn't your, um, doesn't have the heavy comedy that you get in a lot of Edgar films. Um, It's not as quirky and kind of goofy. Um, There's a lot of darkness kind of underneath the surface here. Um, It's a bit of a time travel, Thriller. Um, it's a 1960s type period piece. All of that rolled into a really interesting um, combo of genre mash, genre mishmashes, and uh, it's got a really stacked cast. You got Anya Taylor Joy, you yeah. got Thomas McKenzie, McKenzie, you got Matt Smith in there. Um, and I don't think you've had a chance to see it yet, have you?
0: No, I haven't. It's one that's been on my radar. I really wanted to check it out, but there've been so many films, and that's what we get this time of year during awards season. There's so much being thrown at us and it really is triage and I truly do want to see this one and and let me ask you this, is this one that I should see on the big screen?
1: Um, I mean, I would never say pass up the opportunity to see a movie on the big screen. However, this is one that if you watch it at home, I still think you can get the uh, great effect from it. Uh, I mean, most of Edgar's films I didn't get a chance to see on the big screen like, uh, Shaun of the Dead and the Cornetto Trilogy, I never got a chance to see those. Uh, Scott Pilgrim, I didn't get a chance to see that on the big screen until it was re-released last summer. Um, So, like, it's a good enough movie that wherever you watch it, you're going to appreciate it. But visually, it is very beautiful. And, uh, you know, the nicer and bigger screen you have, the more of your field of vision that it takes up, the uh, better impact it's going to have. So I will make note of that. But I still think uh, however you find yourself watching it, you'll find something to love about it.
0: One of the things you and I talked about was we have been a fan of Anya Taylor-Joy for a while, and she just keeps getting better, and she keeps stretching what she's able to do. I mean, we look at what she did with Emma last year, and uh, she's just incredibly solid. And you said that she surprised you a little bit in this with some of the other talents that maybe you didn't know she had.
1: Yeah, yeah, I didn't know she was such a great vocalist. Uh, She does some great work on the soundtrack of the film as well and does, like, within the movie, her character is a music artist and she has some live performances. And uh, apparently that was all her. That was all Anya Taylor-Joy doing the singing herself. And I was really astounded by that. She's one of the most talented young artists working today. Uh, but also Thomas and McKenzie in this. Yeah. Uh, McKenzie's character was really the, the main protagonist, and um, sh- we saw her a few years ago in Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Loved her in that. Oh, yeah. uh, and then she's had a really busy year this year. She was also in M. Night Shyamalan's Old, and she was in Power of the Dog, which yeah, we'll be talking about soon. Yeah. Um, so yeah, great cast, um, but like one thing I have to mention uh, about the way the camera was used, um, the, they used a lot of mirrors and choreographing shots with mirrors and like uh, Texas switches that they used because basically I Taylor Joy's character and Thomas and McKenzie's character were like two sides of the same coin from different eras. Okay. And okay. You had one shot where uh, it was Thomas and McKenzie. Coming out of frame, and then Ninette Taylor Joy coming into frame, but like replacing her in that same exact spot on screen, yeah. and the way it was all choreographed and directed practically, and the editing and edited yeah. was uh, really, really fascinating. Um, Edgar Wright, I've seen some interviews with him. He had a lot of great things to say about how they made that so seamless, because really you can't tell that uh, you can't tell that it's like. Well, I mean, it, it is real. It's very real. Right. So yeah.
0: It kind of takes me back to when Greg Tillman and I did the uh, Cleveland County Fair special and went to the House of Mirrors. There were some of those particular segments. Remember that? That was some good stuff, man. Probably some of the best stuff I've ever done, uh, which is not saying a whole lot, but uh, <laughs> that's not, not saying a whole lot at all. So uh, other final thoughts, uh, or are you ready for your grade?
1: Uh, the, so the way that Edgar Wright uses music um, in his in all of his films, I really think, his passion for filmmaking is only rivaled by his passion for music. And you can see that in this movie, just the way um, there are certain sequences that are edited to the beat, just like in Baby Driver. Um, And uh, that's something to keep your eye on. Uh, There is a twist in the third act, and I wasn't sure how I felt about it at first, but the more I sit with it, the more I'm thinking, okay, yeah, I I think I like what they did there. Um, and there are certain opportunities I feel like they missed with commentaries on mental illness and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, but I might have better grasp on what they were trying to do if I go back and rewatch it because I don't. I think there's probably more there. It's just stuff that I was missing. Gotcha. Um, but you know, overall, for last night in Soho, I'm going to give it a solid B plus.
0: Okay, solid B plus for last night in Soho. You can check that out in theaters now. Edgar writes. New film. Uh, there is a new film if you've got Apple TV Plus you can check out at home. Uh, it's, it's Tom Hanks. Uh, the movie is called Finch. And to me, this is a cross between 2000's Castaway meets 1975's A Boy and His Dog Meets the Road from 2009. That's kind of the combo that I've thrown together for this. Uh, Tom Hanks and Caleb Landry Jones starring this sci fi hybrid film. And I say it's a sci fi hybrid film because, Thomas, there's as much drama as anything else in this. There is some action, there is some suspense. uh, There is some Western feel to this as well as you get with a lot of these post-apocalyptic kinds of films. Uh, It's a film that I found that spoke to my head and it spoke to my heart as well. I thought it was charming, it was captivating and there was this really interesting mix of tension, humor and this human story. um, I think speaking about what we choose to leave behind those are all things that spoke to me about this movie, Finch.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's directed by Miguel Sapochnik, and I think this might have been only a second or third feature film, but he's done a lot of great television. He directed six episodes of Game of Thrones, including the uh, Battle of the... Are we allowed to say that word? Vostages. <laughs> yeah. The about, Battle of the Vostages. <laughs> <laughs> he directed that episode, which was one, one of the most iconic episodes in yeah. Game of Thrones, really in television history. Um, and this film is a lot more, um, you know, as far as the... Massive, like expansive environment. It's got that grandiose feel, but it's very much personal. It's uh, focused on just really Tom Hanks. There's actually only two names in the credits of the, um, the main cast, Tom Hanks and Caleb Langer Jones, who was a voice. So it's pretty much Tom Hanks on the screen the entire time. Yeah. He is shouldering the entire emotional right. load of the Hank. movie.
0: Caleb Landry Landry Jones also did motion capture for the robots. They went back in and and, and did that, and the, the robot was I, I,
1: amazing. I was wondering how that worked actually because it was I could not tell. If it was completely practical or if it was... I knew there were some CG elements to it as yeah. well, but it just looked so, like, you know, tangible. Yes. It looked like, it looked like a robot you could just, uh, you know, get, reach out and give a handshake well, to or something. And, <laughs> and
0: the emotion yeah. that came out of the robot was... And, and the robot gets a name. We're not going to tell you the name, but but uh, he helps kind of name himself uh, over the course of this film. I thought the emotions that came out of this mechanical creature... Astounding! It really blew me away. I mean, there were times that, you know, I was laughing at the, the kind of the subtle, um, you know, watching this kind of coming-of-age story of this robot who is, is going from being born to a, a toddler to a, a teenager to having to be an adult all in, in the span of a, a day or two. And I I was just blown away by that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a post-apocalyptic film, and Tom Hanks' character is Finch. He is one of the last remaining people on Earth, and uh, so it's obviously dealing with some loneliness and some isolation, some grief, and everything that you would expect to be feeling in that situation. But seeing that contrasted with the childlike wonder of this AI robot uh, who is... Literally learning how the world works, learning what life is. And, you and know, learning
0: how to interact.
1: Yeah, learning how to be human yes. as, as a robot. Yeah. It's like just um, it's, that symbolism there is really beautiful.
0: And, and we can't leave out the dog. There, oh, there's yeah. a dog which is, is central, yeah. most central to the story and to the purpose of the robot as well. Yeah. And, and, and the dog's name is Goodyear.
1: Good year, that's right. Just a yep. tire. tires. So, uh, yeah, there there was actually a moment in the beginning of the film uh, as Tom Hanks first sees his dog when he peeks through a window. So Hanks had just, like, gone out and braved this terribly dangerous storm to get a single can of food for his dog. And then he comes back, and just that first look we see of him looking at his dog, yeah. that just, that one moment was in the first, like, ten minutes of the movie just filled me with so much warmth, and I was like... That, that really set the emotional pace for the rest of the movie, and um, those feelings were kind of tied back around in a really poetic way throughout the film at different points.
0: Yeah, I love the story. It's a film that I'll go back to uh, over and over again. It's one that I want to go back and watch, and almost as soon as it was over, I wanted to watch it again. Technical aspects of the film, I think, shine. The sound design, the cinematography, the production design, the effects, all that really does work. I thought there were some also some pretty uh, marvelous editing sequences uh, as well. I mean, I could be picky. I mean, there were a, a few things in this po- post-apocalyptic world that, that, you know, couldn't have happened or that would have happened a little differently if I'm going to be a, a science nerd about it. But ultimately, it's the beauty of the story and the characters that dominated this film for me. And so all of those other little things that I could pick out uh, that, that may have bothered me if I was trying to be picky, uh, I don't care about that stuff. The the story and and Hanks, um, and the way he just uh, really mastered this film, I I just I just loved it. Absolutely loved this film.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting. uh, You mentioned um, all the the technical side of things. So the cast itself, the on-screen talent, very very limited. But if you look at the names in the credits, there's you know hundreds and thousands of names. Just so many um, so many VFX artists that. Went into making this, and I got to give major props to all the people who are behind the scenes on it.
0: Absolutely. What is your rating for Finch? I'm going to give a solid A to Finch. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Solid A for this. Uh, It's well worth checking out and checking out again and again. Finch, uh, now available on Apple TV. We're going to take a quick intermission uh, right here on Meet Me at the Movies, and we're going to come back and and talk a Western esque double feature uh, right after this intermission. Hang around.
1: Fact, COVID 19 vaccines are safe and effective. Millions of doses have already been given in the United States, and these vaccines have the most intensive safety monitoring in U.S. history. If you have questions, get answers from a reliable source, CDC.gov.
0: Between your job, your family, and other demands on your time, life can get pretty hectic so we want you to take time for yourself. Hi, I'm Jennifer Harrell, and I want you to join me for your health. Each month, the Cleveland County Health Department and C19 TV will explore topics that affect you and your family's health. We'll discuss the importance of exercise, a healthy diet, and regular health screenings and checkups. From fitness tips to warning signs to the latest healthcare news. For your health will help keep you in shape and up to date in Cleveland County. We want you to be your best. So join us each month for your help. Right here on Spectrum Cable and online, c19.tv.
1: And welcome back into Meet Me in the Movies. Uh, I bet you, you were expecting Noel, weren't you? Well, we're switching it up this time. And I'm welcoming us back from the break. Uh, so, Noel, we are speaking about now Power of the Dog. This is a new Netflix production, uh, but we had a chance to see it a little bit early. Now, What do we have to say about Power of the Dog? Yeah,
0: Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, I've liked this guy. as long. Well, I've liked him for a long time because I just like saying his name. Benedict Cumberbatch. You know, you say it three or four times and you're going to get tongue twisted. It's just going to happen. But I love the guy. He he can do Sherlock Holmes. He can do Doctor Strange. And he can play somebody who is a really nasty kind of cowboy uh, in 1925 Montana's Frontier. Uh, Power of the Dog is unlike any film I've seen this year. It's a really slow burn of a film. And it's a character study. And it's a study of several characters and that's something that appealed to me about this movie it's a it's a really a drama in nature the only reason you want to call it a western is because you do have cowboys you've got uh, you know you've got cows you've got the herd of cattle you got horses it
1: takes and place in the West <laughs> it takes place
0: in the West and it's uh, it's at that time where the, the the West is is kind of getting left behind because you're seeing cars and technology start to to play into the picture uh, it's a story that looks at secrets, it looks at abuse, it looks at the boundaries of life and the boundaries we put on, our, our, uh, put on ourselves and jealousy and loyalty. All those things are rolled into the, the thematic elements uh, of this story. I uh, thought the casting was pretty solid, production design, uh, and then there were just these moments where you just see the cold darkness of humanity. Yeah just how cold and calculating people can be. And that was something I did not expect in this film.
1: Yeah, so this is written and directed by Jane Campion, and it's based on a novel by Thomas Savage, but I was not at all familiar with the source material going into it. So I didn't know what to expect, uh, other than it was a Western drama, a slow-burn drama. Um, and Honestly, I didn't even know what this movie was until the final 10 to 15 minutes. Yes. Um, and I'll say that in the best possible way. Um, like, I didn't realize just how insanely detail-oriented every single moment, every single frame of this movie was uh, until really on the car ride home, we started discussing it and breaking it all down. There were just these light bulbs that were like going off of my mind. Like, oh my gosh, that, that one moment that looked like a throwaway little detail – it is like really can be tied back as one of the most pivotal moments in the entire film. Um, it's really darkly poetic in yes. really yes. eerie and creepy ways. Um, and there was a you know part in the middle of the movie where I thought it was a love story. I thought it was about uh, the char- the characters okay. of uh, Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plemons, who they're actually a couple in real life. I don't know if you realize that. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, and so she, um, she
0: didn't tell me. <laughs> all right
1: sorry yeah, yeah it's all right it's all right i mean not a lot of people knew that one anyway so but anyway seeing um you know kind of seeing their natural chemistry on screen was i really like that a lot um but then it turns out that that relationship was only part of the puzzle and if you go back and trace it all back it still is very critical um you know really critical like juncture in how it all ties together thematically um, but you know the third act something yeah. comes back that was introduced in the first act and it's just one of those things where it comes full circle and all of the just wildest and most bizarre and like, you know, darkly okay, cool. tragic and sure tragically beautiful ways, yeah.
0: It's a psychological coming of age story, uh, exploring the struggle of self. And there are uh, a couple of characters in particular who are, uh, it's character versus self and they're trying to figure out who they are uh, where they fit in and, and why. Um, it's not gonna be a film for everyone. This is not gonna be a crowd pleaser. Uh, it's not gonna be one of those that everybody's going to, to say, "Oh, I, I love this, I can't wait to see it. Because it is one that requires effort. It requires uh, careful attention to every single scene, yeah. as you mentioned. Uh, but, I, but I do like the cinematic art of storytelling that I found within this film. And, and that's what I, when I go back and say I haven't seen a film like this this year, unlike any film I've seen this year. That's why, because it really is about the art of storytelling. Uh, it's a film that I, I think will sit with you if you choose to engage in it for quite a while. And uh, I, I, we were sitting around talking uh, to a, a few of the other folks afterwards after we saw the, the screening of it, and uh, I was talking about some of the thematic things that I thought I saw, and somebody said, oh, you're, you're digging too deep, you're, you're thinking too hard. But I really wasn't thinking too yeah. hard. But it's how the movie spoke to me and how particular elements of props actually spoke to me. And I think uh, in any art form that you examine, it is about your interpretation of it. And that's what we talk about here is when we're giving our grades, this is how we feel about it and our interpretations of it.
1: Yeah, I don't think we even mentioned Cody, Cody Smith-McPhee. Oh my goodness. Who is, uh, really, he is, his character is the central focus of the story, yes. uh, which you don't realize at first, but it comes to it comes to the light eventually that, yeah, this is the character that the entire story is being told from his perspective. Yeah, there's um, even
0: one chapter, he's not even in the movie. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the middle chapter, he's pretty much just off somewhere. He's, he's away off of college. He's off of college, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he comes back and everything starts making more sense. He was uh, amazing. Yes, he was. He was absolutely, he absolutely amazing. He was. Um, and then uh, the score, so Johnny Greenwood did the score, and I don't know if you're familiar with who yeah. he is, uh, the guitarist and keyboardist for Radiohead. Yeah. And uh, very, it's a very dissonant score. Yeah. Um, really just builds the tension and suspense because I remember you came out of the theater and one of your first, uh, first notes was just how. Uh, tense and apprehensive yep. the entire viewing experience was.
0: Yeah, yeah and there is um, a song that's used, and they're using motifs from the song and elements of the song throughout. It's a, a, a song by Strauss. And I was talking to, uh, to Larry Topman, who was there with us, and he said, You know, this is actually that particular song is a rousing, exciting, happy kind of song. But within this film, it takes a whole different turn. And uh, I I tell you, I I was really impressed with this movie.
1: Yeah, and uh, the more I think about it, I think I'm going to settle with a solid A for The Power of the Dog, and it's one that I'm going to watch again, not because it's enjoyable in in a sense, but it's one that uh, makes you just appreciate uh, an incredible storyteller in Jane Campion.
0: Yeah, and also, I'm I'm with you. Solid A, and as you think back after you've watched it and, and there are things that are slowly being unraveled throughout the film, Going back and watching it, knowing what happened in the end, in that last chapter, I think I will start looking for clues throughout. So uh, the movie is called Power of the Dog, and it is uh, on Netflix. Uh, We do have time uh, quickly to talk about uh, old Henry, uh, Tim Blake Nelson, and Patsy Pancrioli who is the writer and director for this movie. Uh, Give me your quick thoughts on this, Thomas.
1: Oh, yes, I just love Tim Blake Nelson. He is uh, such an incredible actor, but not because he's, you know, robust and, like, bombastic in his expression. It's just, there's so much there just in his eyes. He's one of the greatest, like, eye actors that you'll (laughs) ever see. Yes, I agree, I agree completely. Yeah, yeah. you want to speak on that a little bit? Yeah, Yeah. he just,
0: he... um, he doesn't have to have a lot of dialogue. Yeah, yeah. He can just kind of look at the yep. camera or look at a character, and you know exactly yeah. what he's feeling. And you know exactly what's coming next, yeah. and that's, that's a great point.
1: Yeah, yeah. and the central emotional conflict in this movie is, is kind of a father-son story. Yes. Uh, the son thinks he's he's probably, what, 18 years old or so. He thinks he's ready for the world, ready to go out there on his own. And the father, who is Henry, played by Tim Blake Nelson, doesn't want to let him go. Uh, so that's emotionally what we're working with. Then there's another physical conflict that comes into play. Uh, there's an escaped convict. There are outlaws. There are lawmen. And um, then there's also some sort of past with the character of Henry that might be coming back um, to kind of intersect with all these other threads that are coming together.
0: Yeah, it was, uh, talk about storytelling, Uh, it was written by Patsy Pancreoli, who uh, was really, did a marvelous job, and we're talking, you know, two westerns, and this is uh, really kind of a micro-western, I mean, it it takes place in the west, but again, the story is a father-and-son story, um, and... That's the core of it, and uh, I had an interview with Tim Blake Nelson that we're going to share next week on the show, and he was talking about when he was filming this, those scenes were really important to him, the ones with the father and son, partly because his son, his real-life son, was uh, on the crew. Wow. And he was just off, you know, off the, you know, uh, the framing, and so he was there the whole time, and so I'm looking forward to sharing that with you. Um, Trace Atkins also in this, Stephen Dorff. Um, It is uh, marvelous cinematography in this, production design, sound design, some of the same things we've covered. Uh, uh, Tim Blake Nelson, I think, is good in any genre he does. I just love him so much. Um, If you like westerns with a bit of a mystery, I think you're going to appreciate this. There is some action in this as well, and there's a message uh, in this film. Um, So uh, maybe you want to hop in the saddle and check out Old Henry. Uh, It is in uh, select theaters. It's available on demand. And it is also available in home release now as well.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned the action. It's definitely more of an action-packed Western compared to Power of the Dog, which really had no action. That was just straight drama. But the action in here isn't just action for the sake of violence. It's uh, very much showing that violence is a last resort and that violence is bad. Violence has consequences. Yes. Um, and uh, I made I made the comparison to the last of the Mohicans in the way that the action and violence is portrayed. It's not something to be glorified. It's something uh, that should only be used as um, you know when you're using it in filmmaking and storytelling. Each you know action sequence should have thematic um, you know thematic progression right. with it, characters. It, it exists
0: for purpose. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Most certainly. So I'm going to give a uh, solid, solid A to Old Henry. Yeah. yeah,
0: I'm right there with you. Solid A. We, we are uh, on target with, with our films uh, this week, Old Henry. Highly recommend checking that out and looking forward to uh, sharing uh, the interview uh, next week. As you look at coming attractions next week, we are going to share an interview with Tim Blake Nelson and Patsy Pancarioli. And we're also uh, going to be sharing uh, an interview with the uh, director and writer of Spencer So that's next week right here on Meet Me at the Movies. Uh, We will uh, wrap things up with a movie quote of the week. This does come from Finch, and there were quite a few, but this one I think uh, settles it. Uh, Humans are full of contradictions. Uh, And I think you can look at the contradictions within many of the films that we've looked at. The stories, there are a lot of contradictions in there, and it all relates to the human character. So Thomas Manning uh, right here with me on Meet Me at the Movies. Uh, Greg Tillman uh, back there, uh, making sure that life uh, goes on as it should. And uh, we're working on that audio uh, to try to make that work. We'll just have to see where we go. So till next time, I'm Noel T. Manning second for the cast and crew right here on Meet Me in the Movies. That's a wrap. Now that one was awesome. That was good. That
1: was good.